Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo. And today, I am so happy to share a Firebird Book Award-winning author with you. She is Adriana Girolami, and the book is titled The Zamindar's Bride, and it won in three categories, historical fiction, romance, and romantic suspense. Italian-born, Adriana is an accomplished portrait artist and an award-winning writer of historical fiction, and she seduces readers with her visual style, both on the covers of her books and all the pages in between. She immigrated with her family to the United States after her father's untimely death, attended the Art Students League in New York City, embarked on a career as a portrait artist, and is the illustrator of her book Jackets. She is the author of the compelling historical romance series, The Templar Trilogy, Mysterious Templar, The Crimson Amulet, and Templar's Redemption. Her latest offering, the award-winning novel, The Zamindar's Bride, reflects her passion for different cultures, world travel, and the ever-present love and romance. And she credits her attraction toward art and history to the eternal city of Rome, the place of her birth and her parents, who encouraged her to read at a very early age since books were always available in her home. She traveled worldwide with her husband, is enthusiastic about physical fitness and martial arts, jogs faithfully, plays racquetball, and achieved a black belt in Kenpo Karate. Always an optimist, Adriana looks forward to a bright tomorrow and writing her new exciting novel. And I am just thrilled to share her with you. So, welcome to the network, Adriana. Thank you very much, Pat. I really appreciate being here. Oh, I appreciate having you here. This is just a blessing for me. I loved your book. Congratulations on the win. Oh, thank you very much. So it's very exciting to win. Very exciting. Uh, it's wonderful to be rewarded because usually when you, you know, you bring out your books, you're looking really for people to be critical so many times on what you write. And it's always wonderful when somebody rewards you for it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's a little scary to put it out there, but I always encourage everyone to do so. You might, That's be, right. you might be pleasantly <laughs> surprised. So you are quite an accomplished portrait artist. And how did you then add becoming an author to your repertoire of all things, Adriana? Well, I've always loved to write and I always did it for entertainment. You know, like I would, I would feel bored and I would start writing something, but I never really thought about becoming an author. I never thought of myself as an author. I always thought of myself as being an artist. But then I, I decided to write this book, which was a Mysterious Templar. And I wrote the book for, for my entertainment, like I mentioned. I enjoyed writing it, and I read it to my friends. And I had a friend of mine who's a New York Times bestseller, and he read the book, and he said to me, but Adrian, you should have this published. And I said, well, you really think so? And I did. So now i you know, it, I I completely written um a trilogy after that with Mysterious Templar, The Crimson Amulet, and uh, Templar's Redemption. So, you know, it was very exciting for me. It was something that I didn't expect. I enjoy actually writing more than I enjoy painting. Oh, that's interesting. So it's kind of a surprise, right? Yes, because when you paint, it's sort of, it's beautiful. You know, you express your creativity and all that. But when you write, there are no boundaries. You can go anywhere, any place with your imagination. And I find that very exciting because I was really a portrait artist, so my work was really mostly people's portraits. Mm -hmm. uh, so the creativity of it was limited. And, uh, you know, I, while I write books, I can, I can write anything. 
Oh, and that's, you know, something that really pleases me. You know, I, I like to do many different things. I like to be excited about life. <laughs> I like to get engaged in different things. I can tell just by reading your um, that short bio that I read, there's a lot that you do, a black belt and, and all kind of fitness. So you manage to get it all in there. Well, I'll, see, since, you know, as an artist, you do a lot of sitting down. And as a writer, you sit down a great deal as well. Uh, you know, I like to do something, when, you know, when I'm not writing or I'm, you know, painting, I like to move. And I like martial art. It's an art. You know, it's very challenging. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud that I did get the black belt, but I must say that it was a bit much. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's grueling. I, I rather enjoy jogging, <laughs> which I do, you know, very, very often in my favorite park. I like to be, you know, part of nature, and that's when I do my thinking. That's where my ideas about books come from, usually when I do something physical. Oh. And then I sit down and I enjoy writing. Oh, I agree with that. I do a lot of kayaking. We have a river in our backyard, so I kayak very often. And just the act of not doing um, really fills your mind with so many ideas. And that's, what's, for me, too, that's where the creativity comes. Yeah. Well, that's very challenging, kayaking. I think it's... You know, it's a wonderful thing. My sister did that, and she told me it was very challenging. I personally never tried that, but, but I know it's, but it's mostly wonderful because you become part of nature, plus you're getting a lot of exercise. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. I like to just sometimes stop and just let the river water take me where I go, and I land in bushes, and I get into thickets and all kinds of strange places. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds wonderful. It is no, wonderful. Really, I love that. You know, like I said, I like to do things that make me feel like I'm part of nature. Mm -hmm. And I like, you know, to think and envision things. So I don't feel alone. It's always like, are you always with somebody? Because your imagination is there with you, always. Absolutely. Oh, I love this conversation. Thank you. Who knows where we're going to land, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. Well, let's talk about your book. Why don't you give us a little peek, give our listeners a little taste for what that's all about. I met somebody online who was a Zamindar. And a zamindar is, is uh, I didn't even know what a zamindar was. So I became very curious. And this person told me that his family, he was the 11th zamindar of his family. He's from India. And, it, well, you can think of like Maharajas. That I've heard of Maharaja, but I never heard of zamindar. They were like feudal lords. And for some reason, this fascinated me. I was, I was in the middle of writing a book called Daughter of Hades, which I'm writing right now. But for some reason, all of a sudden, this, uh, this idea about Zamindars became very important to me, and I became very engaged in writing this instead. So right now, matter of fact, I am writing Daughter of Hades that I you know, mm -hmm. finished Zamindar's Bride. And then there was much that this man was talking to me about. He was talking to me about uh, the possibility of reincarnation. And, uh, you know, the, in, in the religion, they do believe in that. And the possibility of people from different cultures, perhaps they met each other in former lifetimes. It was just this kind of an idea, the love between two people from very different cultures with all the problems, tragedies, exciting adventures. And this is the idea of the Zamindar's bride, that this uh, Zamindar bride is, is a Western woman. And they, whatever, you know, the idea of the, the, of the story is that they meet before in former lifetimes. 
And what happened in the former lifetime, if indeed they met, and, you know, she didn't believe in reincarnation, and throughout the story, you try to figure out, is there reincarnation or not? And, it's, you know, just the idea, and, and also the great love of these two people, that they have to overcome great deal of obstacles because of their different culture, the fact that the mother of the, of the Zamindar was not very receptive of his son marrying a woman from a Western world. So this is basically the basic of the story, because there's no exciting story without problems, and there's plenty of problems <laughs> in the book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you have to do a lot of research for this? Yes, I did. I did a lot of research, plus I spoke a great deal with the Zamindar. Mm -hmm. So this way, everything in the book about India is accurate, because I, ne I was never there. Mm -hmm. I did travel, I mean, a great deal. I love to travel. I was in Egypt, in different places, but I was never in India. And, you know, you don't want to write about a culture unless you know something about. So I did do a lot of research, and then I spoke with him many times to make sure that everything that I put in the book was accurate. So I would say it's pretty well researched. Sure, when you're writing historical fiction, it better be well researched. That's right, mm -hmm. especially a completely different culture, a different religion. You know, we're talking about a very different world, a different way in which people engage or communicate with one another. What is so important to some people in a culture may not be equally important in people in other culture. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be disrespectful. That is very important. You know, when you're dealing with people in a different culture, you know, you can be over casual, let's say, if you go and, you know, deal with somebody from India uh, versus, you know, let's say you meet somebody in the United States. We are more casual in this country. Mm -hmm. So it's a different way of uh, behaving. But the story is really in the 1800s also has to do with the British, you know, during the, the British occupation of India. And the Zamindars were connected with the British. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's, an, it's a very interesting story. And there's a great deal of love between these two people because there are so many problems. And only when there's great love that you can actually say, you know, that uh, it, it will survive. Right. You know? Love, love <laughs> conquers all, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, in their case, it did. But, it, you know, the idea is that did they meet before? Were they married in previous lives? Mm -hmm. Because that's the way they believe. The Hindus do believe that, you know, you live over and over again. Right, right. You know, they have a different, completely different viewpoint. As a matter of fact, I do have... Uh, some kind of like the the Christian. I did some investigation in the Christian belief of, like, say, reincarnation, and that Jesus Christ mentioned. I think that Saint Saint John the Baptist may have been the reincarnation of uh, of uh, Elijah, uh, a prophet Elijah. So it's actually in the you know in the Bible that Jesus mentioned something about somebody being reincarnated. So. Even the Christian church is not quite sure about reincarnation. Mm -hmm. So I had this kind of concept within the book that it's just an extra interesting twist right. to the storyline, whether the Zamindar or his bride were, lived in former lives, did they know each other in former lives? And, you know, their great love, it survived through, you know, several lifetimes. And that's the idea of the book. It, there's always something going on, and you always wonder, is danger? Are there jealousy? Are there attempted murder? This, you know, suicide? There's all kinds of things going on in the story. It's a complex story. It is, but that connection maybe from past lives keeps them together. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like that there was something, you know, like sometimes you may walk down the street and there's somebody that walks next to you. For some reason, you like that person. Mm-hmm. And there's some other time that you may walk down the street and somebody and you feel uneasy being next to that person and you really don't know why. Right. Because you don't know them. Right. Either one of them, but one you like and another one you don't like. And you really wonder how come. It's a perception. I find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. If somebody would ask me personally, do you believe that, you know, you lived in former lifetimes, I would say, really no. But then I cannot say for sure because we don't know. Right. <laughs> you know, we assume that we, we were not. Uh, but but they are very, very unusual stories. Uh, you know, I read once. No, there was, and I was actually didn't read it. I saw it on TV. There was this girl that was born in the United States. She went to visit Ireland, and she had some kind of an accident. She fell into a ditch, and she was unconscious. But when she woke up, she was speaking a dead dialect, mm-hmm. and she was talking about that somebody killed her. Mm-hmm. And they did some investigation, and they found that uh, about 100 years before, this girl did disappear, who happened to be a member of her family line. She was never in Ireland before. Mm-hmm. And for some reason... Uh, you know, they were explaining the story. It was very fascinating. It was not really a movie. It was really, they were, they were, you know, you could hear the, you know, the voice of the girl telling the story. She was talking this dead dialect that, you know, nobody spoke that dialect in over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know she was never in Ireland before. So they were wondering how come she knew about this. She wasn't even aware that she did. Mm-hmm. So there are little, there are things that you don't really understand. They, they, they mysteries right. here and there that they're just not explained. Does it have anything to do with reincarnation? I don't know. Fascinating. It is very fascinating. I was trying to go into the mind of, of the Hindus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Zamindar that was talking to me was explaining these things, and I was trying to uh, understand uh, the way of thinking where reincarnation is so real to them. With me, it's a concept. I mean, nobody's certain of anything. We are certain we are born and we are certain we will die, but then we're not certain about anything else. So it's, it's, as an author, and I'm sure anybody that writes, we all are very curious. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, curiosity is part of being an author, where you are interested in things, and that helps us write. Right. You know, stimulates our imagination. Obviously, talking to the Zamindar, simulated my imagination enough that I wrote the book. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you were open to that. And so your characters, do they come to you? Do you create them? Uh, do they tell you what to do? How do you uh, come up with your characters? Well, I envision things. I'm, I'm, it's very unusual. You know, like I belong to the Florida Romance Writers, so I speak with many different writers. And one of the things that they usually tell you is the difficulty of coming up with a storyline. And many times, you know, they have a book that they linger for a while before they get to the end of it. With me, I get many stories. The the stories to me are never, um, it doesn't take me long to come up with a story. I I have the whole story. Somehow it comes up to me, like a name might trigger a story. Like I opened this book and I read this name, Palexina. And and I never heard that name. I, I'm not saying I don't even particularly like it, but for some reason I was fascinated by that name and this character just came alive. Mm-hmm. And she's the main character of my trilogy, Palexina. Mm-hmm. And and for some reason she became three dimensional as soon as I saw that name. 
Wow. It's a very strange, I mean, I cannot quite explain it, but then when I put it down on, on paper, since I'm an artist, I'm visual. Mm-hmm. So I'm a visual writer. So I actually see my characters, and I hope through my words when I write books that people that are reading my books can actually see what I'm trying to convey. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. No, you do a very good job at that. And that's why I asked you that question, because I knew there was an intricate answer to that. I knew it wasn't, you know, where you sat down and said, yes, she's got blonde hair and her eyes look like this. I knew there was some kind of a, you know, a rich explanation to this. Yeah, it becomes three-dimensional. You know, to authors, uh, we all see our characters, and after a while, they become real. They mm-hmm. kind of have a life of their own. Yes. Like you would say, well, my character wouldn't do this, or my character would do that. It's like they're real people. You know, they become real to you because as you write about it, they, you know, of course, they have many traits that belong to the author. I mean, all the people that we know, uh, all the all the experiences that we had, always going some ways into our books. You know, and it, part of us is always there. So I, I find it very interesting, you know. See, I'm, like I said, I'm always, my mind is always going in different directions. And that was the problem with, with, with painting, painting. Mm-hmm. with my portraiture. See, I enjoy doing my, what makes it exciting to me is not only do I write books, but I have my own covers, which is a really a big bonus that I have my artwork going along with my writing. And But when I was just doing, you know, portraiture, it was interesting. I mean, I, you know, I was doing very well with it. But it wasn't something that was stimulating my, you know, it wasn't making me excited. And while writing a book excites me. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it, I look forward to it. I said, oh, I'm going to go and write now. And it, it makes me feel good. And I feel like I enter a completely different world, which belongs only to me while I'm writing. Well, it really because, you know, I'm a busy person in my life. I have a family or whatever. But when I write, I, it, it, it's just my own little world. <laughs> and it's very precious to me. I love that. You and your characters. Well, we all have different ways, you know, like uh, it, what makes it fascinating to me when I get together with other writers, uh, we all have our own personal style. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever attracts us, and I think that is wonderful. That's one thing that I, if somebody asks me, what would you suggest a writer? I think just be yourself. I don't think you can have like a recipe how to write a book. Right. I think the main thing, in my opinion, is the story. Right. The, you know, you have to create a story, and then you work around the rest. I mean, the rest can be helped and done and fixed, you know, but the story has to be something that comes from within you. But when somebody starts telling you, well, you have to write this and write, you know, the character has to have a certain look and has to have like a, uh, you know, a color eye and a color hair. You have to make, uh, you know, kinds of notes. I don't believe in that. I don't do notes mm-hmm. when I write. I just sit down and I write. And that's my style. That would be very disruptive to me. But there's other people that don't feel comfortable writing in my way, mm-hmm. in my style. They like to put notes. I have very good memory, so I do remember, like, once in a while, like, there's something that pops in my mind, and I jog it down to make sure that I don't forget it. Right. And then I keep that note so that, you know, when I write certain passages of the book, uh, they, you know, I need that particular note, and I have it there. But basically, I, I don't take notes. I just let my imagination flow, and I write. You know, I imagine the scene. I imagine exactly what's going on. I visually see it's like seeing a movie in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then I put it down on paper. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not on paper. I put it on my computer. 
and that's the general idea and that's the, that's my style of writing right, right. and i don't uh, that i'm comfortable that's what makes me comfortable it, you know as i said it may not necessarily be right for somebody else right now when you're done with a book and and because you have spent so much time with characters it's almost like you miss them um is it hard to go to then create another book where you've got completely different characters do you feel like oh my gosh i miss my old friends uh, no that's un that's that's the point uh, I feel that they there, you know, like, you know, my trilogy was there. Then I went from the Middle Ages and, uh, you know, the Knights. I went into the Zamindars. All of a sudden, the Zamindars became exciting. It's like, in the same way, it's like when you travel throughout the world. When I go in one country or another, that country is important at that moment because I'm interested in everything. I'm learning something about that particular country. That doesn't mean that I'm losing anything because I'm not thinking about the other countries. Very true. Very true. And I, I'm sure that your love of travel and the fact that you have traveled so much allows you to feel and think and create this way. Well, that's right. I love to travel. See, I love archaeology. And, and uh, like my husband surprised me once, you know, we went, we went, actually, we went there more than once to Egypt. I love ancient Egypt, archaeology. And, you know, I, it was fascinating. And when I was there, I was in the world on my own, looking at trying to envision what it would have been like to, to live there at that time. Or like when I, I come from Rome, when I walk through the, you know, the streets of Rome, the eternal city, it was like, it's a timeless thing because naturally in, in Rome, you can't build if there's a, a relic and there's relics everywhere. So it doesn't matter where you go in Rome, you see something from the ancient you know, from the Roman Empire. So it's like, it's like it's timeless. Mm -hmm. And I imagine, you know, these people walking there at another time, you know, in that very place that I'm walking. But it's like I'm part of them in that moment. Right. And that's the way I see it, you know, being, and that makes me like, you know, well, actually history, I mean, today, tomorrow, today will be history already. Everything passes. But I'm more fascinated with, let's say, the ancient past. Because it's a different world than today. What I, what I like about it, I wouldn't want to live there. I'm very happy that I'm living in the present, of, of course. But there was a sense of honor, especially when we're talking about the Knights, you know, my trilogy. Mm -hmm. uh, you're talking about a time when honor meant something. Uh, in today's world, much less. Yes. Very and true. somehow, you know, at least if I miss it in that sense, I can put it down on paper. I mean, again, put down on my computer, in my books. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, some feelings that I have about certain things. Right. But like I said, I don't, you know, I find that very interesting when you ask me, because I never thought about it. If I let go of one book, do I, do I miss it? Mm -hmm. No, because I feel it's there. It's with me always. Right. Some authors feel very, very attached, and it's almost like a mourning, like a death to certain people. So I'm interested to hear your perspective on that. You mentioned your covers, and I love your covers. They're very rich and... I would imagine that being that you can create your own covers is just a bonus. I, I think it's difficult for an author to try to put it out to a stranger and say, this is how I want it to look. And then you keep your fingers crossed and hope that it comes back looking somewhat like what you had envisioned in your mind. Well, what I, you know, I try to make covers that look different. You know, like, like, for example, there are many romances. Since I'm an artist, I'm very capable of doing it, let's say, in a more standard style, where we'd be more like, let's say, the romance covers, the way they look. I wanted to make them look different, 
so they'd be my covers. Mm -hmm. So I tried to get a feeling, like, for example, the cover of uh, The Zamindar's Bride. I have uh, I did something rather unusual. The, 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 the bride mouth is slightly open, and she looked a little... Uh, like there's a little pain inside of her because if you read the story, I mean, there's a great deal of pain that she goes through in, in life. I mean, the Zamindar also suffers, but, the, you know, she's the one who really, uh, you know, experiences certain things. And I kind of put that in the cover. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of feel it like somehow I envision uh, the bride to look like that. I do. I don't know, you know... I noticed many people that saw the cover, the Zamindar Bride, they, they liked the cover. They mentioned to me, they wrote me notes mm -hmm. that they liked it. So it's always gratifying when your people appreciate what you do. I try to put something out there that I like, that I love. And, uh, you know, I feel very strongly about strangely. You know, I don't know how most people feel about it. But I do appreciate people's input, even if it's negative. I just love input because I, I, I like, I believe that people should have their own viewpoint. When I ask somebody, what do you think of my book? I'm not looking for praise. I'm looking for an, an opinion. Right. If somebody gives me their honest input, even if it's negative, maybe I can learn something from it. Yes. So I, I don't have any problems with that. And that's a very difficult thing for most people just in life in general and I think it's a way to grow and be open and kind of a sign of an evolving person. Yeah, definitely. I mean, first of all, you have to appreciate that doesn't mean that when somebody disagrees with you, the disagreement is exactly right, but that's their opinion. Mm -hmm. You can't force people to like something just because you like it. Right, right. And we cannot live in a world that is like in black and white, the shades are gray. So there are different opinions. And that, that's what makes the world more exciting to me. I, I don't, I'm not a follower by nature. So in other words, I listen. What I try to do, I try to embrace uh, good ideas. I listen to what people have to say. Some ideas I discard, some ideas I embrace. Mm -hmm. But I'm willing to be out there and allow people to express themselves and give me their opinion. I'm not afraid to have somebody disagree with me. I, I listen to it, and I sometimes I can learn from it. Sometimes I, you know, if I don't think it really matters to me, I disregard it. But it never become personal, or it doesn't make me feel bad. Oh, you're an amazing person. I'm loving our conversation. You talked about what's next, your next book that you're working on right now that you stopped and you picked back up again, right? Yes, this is The Daughter of Hades. This is like 20 years after the trilogy. Now, The Daughter of Hades, The Daughter of Hell is a nice way of nice saying that. It's like a whodunit, basically, because I love mystery. If you read any of my, all my books, they all have mystery, including The Zamindar's Bride. I love, uh, I love people to get involved in a book that they have to figure things out. Now, this is a, you know, has to do with murder. It, it, there is violence in there. There's no question about it. And it's it's an intriguing, fascinating story about who is the daughter of Hades. From the very beginning, you get some kind of a shocking, uh, you know, situation happening. And then you have to figure out throughout the book who this person is that perpetrated this. And, and, and this is something that fascinates me because usually when I go to movies and I get to see like this, um, you know, mysteries, and many times I'm very disappointed because I figure out the ending. Mm -hmm. See, I like to do something where people cannot figure out the ending. <laughs>
You see? Yes. That's hard to do. See, I feel the end of a book is extremely important. Many times you see a very movie that really gets you engaged, mm-hmm. or you read a book, and then you read the ending, and it's disappointing because the ending is not as exciting as you expected. So this is the idea that I'm trying to do with this book. I'm trying to make a story that very few people can figure out who this daughter of Hades is <laughs> until the very end. <laughs> I love that. When are you planning to have that one uh published. Well, I'm I'm doing I'm you know, I'm doing several chapters now. It'll be a while. Oh. I would say another within another 6 months, okay. I would say the book should be finished by then. Uh, you know, like I said I'm working on it. It depends how much time I have to actually sit down and write. Right. It could be done faster. It may take a little longer. It depending how much time I dedicate to it because I have a very busy life oh. and there, you know, you can imagine, I'm sure you do, and there are many things that we love to do. Uh, that we can sometimes. Right, right. Well, you'll just have to keep us posted when that one comes out. And it sounds yes, like a... I definitely, you know, like I said, it was such a wonderful experience to be involved with you people, and I'm so honored Aww. that I received that. It really means so much to me. I'm very, very excited about it, that I won the prize, and that meeting you, having the opportunity to talk to you, such a lovely lady, I'm going to have to try chi- kayaking. You got me very intrigued. <laughs> My sister liked it. But she was talking to me how difficult it was to do the, the rowing and all that. <laughs> oh, you'll be fine. If you can do the get your black belt and all the other things you do, you'll be a natural at that. It seems like you can do pretty much whatever you set your mind to, my friend. Well, I, I always figure, let me do, I, I'm not looking for perfection. Oh. I do the, like, say, I'm, I have a black belt. I'm not the greatest black belt. I'm the best black belt that I can that be. That you can be, right. You know, that's yeah. it is. I mean, there may be somebody who's an orange belt or a yellow belt who could beat me up. <laughs> but but the point is that, you know, it does give me a sense of, uh, you know, it protects you in some ways. And also, I just love martial arts yes. because it's very uh, beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's it's an art. And I like anything that's artistic. I'm attracted to it in all, all forms. Oh, I agree. I spent many years doing Tai Chi. I don't do it as often. I, oh, I you, studied that. Yeah. Really? Oh, I did, no, yeah. Difficult. You know how difficult this is. Any form of the uh, the martial arts are so <laughs> difficult. Tempo, it's not quite as pretty. It's like, you know, it's like Chinese boxing. Right. It's, it's, it's really a, a, the kind of uh, defense that you use. It's not as pretty. Uh, let's say or the other forms of martial art that are more artistic, but this one is more of a really defense form, right. where you do less movement and you go right, you know, like to 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 right do harm. Let's put mm-hmm. it this way. I mean, yeah, I'm not doing it to harm anybody. It's just that, that that's what they use when they do, you know, Chinese boxing and things like that. That's what they use. They use they use kempo. Right, 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 right. Well, it takes a tremendous, I mean, the fact that, you know, you do kayaking and you do, you know, you get involved with the martial arts. I mean, all of these things take a great deal of uh, effort right. and, and it challenges you. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm fascinated. I like to be challenged. Obviously, you do, too. Yep. I always find that, you know, life until, you know, until you live in this life, if there is no reincarnation, let's say if this is it, yeah. uh, you, you try to do whatever you can with it. If there's reincarnation, maybe we could try in the next life. That's right. Right now, we don't have any time to waste, do we? <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, I always have an open mind. I'm always excited about things. Like, say, I always look forward to new things. I open my mind, and if somebody has something, you know, Interesting. I never say I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. I listen to it. Some things I'm not interested in, obviously. You know, not, you can be interested in everything. But I, I just like to open my mind to new experiences. That's just part of my nature. Oh, I like that. You're inspiring. 
Very, very inspiring. Well, before we begin to wrap up, I want to make sure that we didn't miss anything that you wanted to talk about today. Not, not at all. I just, you know, I just wanted to talk to you and just express my feelings, how excited I am about writing. And you, you really, you know, engage me beautifully. So I really don't have anything else to say about it. I'm very happy, whatever. I hope you're happy with what I said. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. So did I. So did I. Um, we're definitely going to have to do this again, or we'll just have to talk on the phone just to hang out together sometimes. But I also want to love le- to. Yeah, I want to leave our our listeners with a way to find out more about you, where they can purchase your books, and just give us any contact information that you would like to share. Well, they can go on Amazon, you know, Adriana Girolami, or they can, uh, you, you know, I know my name is not easy to spell, adrianagirolami.com, that's my website, and you can also order my books there. But I think the easier way is just go to uh, to Amazon, and they can look up my name, and they can look up the name of the book, they can look up The Zamindar's Bride. Uh, I have the trilogy, you know, uh, uh, you know, available on Amazon. I think Amazon is the best place that they can get in touch, you know, they can find my books over there. I'm sure, and I hope that, you know, all the people that read my books, I, I have to say, like I said, I'm, I was open to criticism, but I must say that most people were very, very nice, and they enjoyed my book, and, uh, you know, you look forward to giving for a review. And when they give you a positive review, it's very exciting, but you like to know if they truly enjoy it. I'm not just looking somebody to give me praise without any value. Right. I like their honest opinion. Yeah. Like I said, even if it isn't what I want to hear sometimes, I'd rather hear it. I love That's it. just the way I am. Appreciate that. You're open to learning. And so folks head over to Amazon and they can check out your books and leave a review. This has been such a special time for me today. I was looking forward to it, but I didn't know how much I was going to be enjoying my time with you. I would hope that we can do this again. Thank you so, so much for today. Oh, I enjoyed so much talking to you. I have to thank you very much for this experience, which is so wonderful. 